Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning into A Preacher's Wife. I'm your host, Autumn. I am really excited today about the sound quality. Uh, we had been having some microphone and technical difficulties. Uh, wasn't honestly so much the microphone as it was a user error, <laughs> um, but I'm learning and I'm growing. So, um, but you know, shout out to my dude, uh, Chris Wingfield at Wingfield Studios for helping us um, go through our settings and figure everything out to make sure that everything was sounding the best that it could. Uh, he's also the one who made that really cool intro and outro that's been on the last couple of episodes. So I just want to thank him for doing everything uh, that he can for us to help a Preacher's Wife podcast be the best that it can be. Um, today, uh, the episode is called The Ceremony. And um, this was all sort of birthed out of a Facebook message that I received uh, from a woman who asked me to give her a call. You know, she said she had a question and wanted my opinion. So uh, I called her up and I was kind of taken back by what she asked me. I'd never heard of such a thing before. So today I want to talk about the wedding ceremony. Um, she asked me if I had ever heard of what was called a commitment ceremony. And I said, no, I haven't. What is a commitment ceremony? And she went on to explain that it's like a marriage, but it's not done legally through the court system. So there's no marriage certificate. And right now, uh, as she's explaining this to me, you could probably hear the crickets in my brain as I'm trying to process uh, this idea. And uh, I don't know what I expected her question to be, but this just really threw me off and my brain had to, to play catch up through this conversation. So I asked her, you know, why would someone prefer a commitment ceremony over a legal wedding? And uh, she explained that it's easier financially, especially if you have kids, uh, because like in the event that you die, your kids would get your inheritance without having the troublesome factor of his kids versus her kids and not having to um, pay for a will. Um, and it was also better for situations where someone might have social security or disability income. It's something that a lot of older couples are doing uh, when they meet later in life and that the two are still vowing to each other and to God to be married. So to them, they're married, but the government is the only one who wouldn't recognize it um, as a marriage. And so um, I just really struggled processing this. It kind of sounded like a um, an excuse. It was just a bunch of excuses to me, right? And one time, I can't remember if it was on a Snapple or a Little Dove chocolate, but both of those um, things, if you pay attention when you open it up, has a little message um, on the inside wrapper or on the lid of the Snapple. It was one of these two items that I was indulging in one time, and uh, I was in high school when this happened. But I read the message on the back, and it said, an excuse is a lie wrapped in a reason. So as I say that out loud, it was the dub chocolate because I unwrapped it. Um, but an excuse is a lie wrapped in a reason. And I was only about 17 or so when... I saw this message on the inside of my chocolate, and it has stuck with me ever since uh, because that's so true, isn't it? That's what we do is we 
excuse what we want a situation to be or what we want the answer to be with reasoning. But all we're truly doing is lying to ourselves to make ourselves feel better. And so that's all I could think about while she's talking and and telling me the reasons why someone would prefer a commitment ceremony or choose that option over a legal wedding is that this is just an, these are excuses. This is just a lie wrapped in a reason. And so I asked her, you know, what church she attended and if she had talked with her pastor about it. Uh, She told me that she had and that he said he would get back with her, but that was three months ago and she hadn't heard anything from him. So I said, well, to be completely honest with you, I think that the reason that you haven't heard back is because he doesn't want to have to tell you the bad news. I told her my initial answer was a firm no. It is not okay to have a commitment ceremony in place of a marriage. Um, But after talking for a bit and hearing her give me all of the explanations, I told her that everything in life needs to be purified through a filter. In our instruction manual, the Bible, and through the filter of the process of the Holy Ghost through prayer. And so I wanted to get back with her after reading some scripture and and praying. And I still had the phone in my hand as I was reaching for my instruction manual as I'm hanging up the phone with her because I was just really... Driven and excited to like figure this out and to get answers. So I'm flipping back and forth. The Lord has me flipping back and forth all over the Bible. And um, I, so I, I kind of organized this into categories because my notes were here and there and everywhere. And so to organize this into categories, I've chosen four government, law, commitment versus covenant and Christianity versus culture. So let's start with government. Romans 13, one through five says, let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you will have his approval. For it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because it does not carry the sword for no reason. For it is God's servant, an avenger that brings wrath on the one who does wrong. Therefore, you must submit, not only because of wrath, but also because of your conscience. No one is ever elected into office that wasn't chosen by God. Even the evil in this world has to happen to fulfill his word. Comparing the corruption and sin in our government to righteousness is not how to properly filter or appropriately filter the situation. It doesn't matter who you voted for, who's elected to office, who's for or against abortion, who is passing laws for homosexual marriage, gender reassignment, whatever the case may be. No one has ever been elected by people who wasn't first elected by God. Now let's look at law. First, let's look in Genesis chapter 24. Abraham took great care to obtain a godly wife for Isaac. He sent a servant out, and in the process, we see a promise, prayer, 
and the watering of camels to giving of a ring and bracelets and the verbal agreement made between families. Then if we go to Ruth chapter 4 verse 2 through 5, Boaz received permission to marry Ruth by approaching the city elders at the city gate and he received a sandal. Now in these days the city gate was where important business took place. It would have been like our courthouse in today's time. Boaz gathered the elders or the government and assembled them at the city gate or the courthouse where he made his petition known and in return received a sandal or the marriage license giving him permission to buy the land and marry Ruth. Now let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 24 1 through 4. If a man marries a woman who becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her, and sends her from his house, and if after she leaves his house she becomes the wife of another man, and her second husband dislikes her and writes her a certificate of divorce, gives it to her and sends her from his house, or if he dies, then her first husband who divorced her, is not allowed to marry her again after she's been defiled. That would be detestable in the eyes of the Lord. Do not bring sin upon the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So, if a divorce certificate was needed, then that would indicate that a Jewish marriage was a binding relationship under the law, where also seeing that even though their processes didn't look the same as ours do today, the same basic principles apply. Okay. Uh, commitment versus covenant. God used altars and covenants as physical reminders of contracts and promises made between God and his people. The wedding ring is a daily reminder to the man and the woman to love, honor, and cherish each other as they commit in their vows. The license is a legally binding document of that covenant, much like the camel watering, the bracelets, and the leather sandal were. The Bible sees marriage as more than a commitment. It's a holy covenant before God. Malachi 2 14 and 16 says, And you ask, Why? Because even though the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth, you have acted treacherously against her. She was your marriage partner and your wife by covenant. If he hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord God of Israel, he covers his garment with injustice, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully and do not act treacherously. There is an opposite to everything. Here, God is speaking about divorce. You can't just get a divorce if you haven't gotten married first. A commitment is a civil agreement. Breaking a commitment can be done by a mutual agreement. However, a covenant is considered binding, and it can only be broken if God has provided a disillusion, like adultery. God is calling marriage a covenant agreement witnessed and sealed by him. In our last section, Christian versus culture. 
Marriage is a gift from God, and Jesus confirms this in Matthew 19, 4 through 6. It says, And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joint to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Marriage was created by God. So it's more than just a cultural idea. It's a holy union blessed by God. It deserves a certain amount of respect and recognition beyond we say we're married, so we are. Marriage is something that God loves. I mean, Jesus blessed marriage by performing his first miracle at a wedding reception. God's relationship with the church is compared to a bridegroom and his bride. A marriage ceremony is a God idea. The commitment ceremony is a cultural idea. So, in conclusion to all of my here, there, and everywhere, our laws recognize marriage, not commitment. It's not just a piece of paper. It is a legal binding document sealing the covenant, the same as the ring and the bracelets or the leather sandal. I mean, I'm so glad that Stephen and I have a piece of paper and not like a stinky, dirty sandal off some other dude's foot. Like, that's <laughs> gross. But God created marriage as a gift to us. And he also gave a reason for divorce, which there would be no need for a divorce without a legal binding marriage. So in order to give marriage proper honor, the union needs to respect the governing authorities, making legal marriage both required and appropriate. The Bible never states that marriage is not necessary as our society changes. Marriage is to be a binding agreement, not able to be broken by mutual agreement of a man and a woman. It's unfortunate that our society has reduced the idea of marriage to one of comfort. Do not be deceived by the confusion of our evil world. Don't mistake an unsure thought to not be conviction. If you're questioning it, then you have to be honest with yourself. Do you really not know the answer? Or is the Holy Spirit convicting you? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. By reducing the covenant of a marital bond to one of a civil commitment, you are allowing the enemy to kill the blessing of marriage given to us by God himself, to steal righteousness from you by committing a blatant sin, and destroy your union from being blessed by God. I know that's probably not the answer that she was hoping for, but the truth is not always easy to hear. We live in a world where the new generation likes to live in what's called your truth or my truth. The truth is the only truth is God's truth. 
And the church has watered down God's truth and danced around certain topics to appease people. Seats in the sanctuary being full has become more important than filling the seats in heaven. And as we as Christians have decided that we would rather feel good rather than to have to accept the reality of the truth. Sin feels good. If it didn't, we wouldn't want to do it. Being a Christian doesn't always feel good. Conviction doesn't always feel good in the beginning, but the growth and development through fighting off the feel good in the moment sin and being a Christian after God's own heart will leave you feeling better and fuller in the end. It's easy to get caught up in the new truths of today's world. I leave you with a scripture to help remind you and to give you strength. Isaiah 50, verse 7. For the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. The word of God does not change alongside of cultural changes. We've got to set our face like a flint and stay vigilant. Well, I love y'all. And I thank you for tuning in to A Preacher's Wife today and for spending this time with me. I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at A Preacher's Wife or just visit my website, www.apreacherswife.org. And you can send me a message and see all of the different ways that we can connect with each other. Thank you again so much for being here with me today. I can't wait to see you again next time. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Bye!